Radio Drone. It is the 69th episode of Radio Drome, and I'm going to tell you people right now, this is take number two. As we originally had Brad, it's going to be just Brian and I tonight, and for whatever reason, his computer kept giving him the finger and dropping his call. Boo! I mean, yeah, just the two of us tonight. Yeah, so... Brad. <laughs> he's, Brad is here in spirit. He's also, you're in his house, so... He's, he's, he's also here about 15... 15- yeah, yeah, no, I, I turn around, I can see him. I'm going to wave at him. Hey, Brad. <laughs> Did he wave back? <laughs> he waved. So let's get the Adam and Eve promo out of the way first. Go to adamandeve.com, use the promo code DROME, and you get 50% off of a single item. You get free shipping in the United States. You get a free mystery gift and not one, not two, but three free DVDs if you use the promo code DROME at adamandeve.com. Because, see, I didn't want to let you do it because you totally undersold that thing last week, Brian. I mean, jeez. I, I was so jittery. Is it the nerves? You just throw me out there like, oh, hey, time for the radio spot for the Adam and Eve promo. I'm like, oh, um, yeah, because they get stuff and things and awesomeness. I don't remember any of it. <laughs> and that was my fault. Uh-huh. I tried to study up beforehand, but my uh, my janky computer wouldn't let me pull up any of the previous episodes of this fine, fine show. So that was cool. Well, you were telling me off mic that your computer is kind of a piece of crap, right? Yeah, it, it's it's like a Frankenstein of computers, but if Frankenstein, like, really sucked. So Frankenweenie. The best way I can put it, like, it's it's everything. It, yeah, see, there you go. Yeah, it, it's everything that you wouldn't want your computer to do is what mine does all the time. Has it kicked you in the nuts yet? It really did. I have an ice pack on my junk right now. It hurts pretty bad. It was the first time the disc trays opened in months. I'm like, really? That's what you're going to do? Just right to my right to my wiener. And and he's not even running Vista, so that's well, what makes got, it even more surprising. <laughs> the show got weird quick, I think. You really do need to listen to previous episodes then. That that's normal. <laughs> the show gets weird oh, regularly. Thank God. Which is why you're a perfect fit. Ah. Uh, <laughs> so, perfect. So, so since Brad kind of fell out of this whole thing, let's talk a little bit about Brian Lewis. Even though I've already asked you these on our first attempt, let's pretend that we hadn't had a first attempt. Tell us a little bit about Brian and his likes and his movie experiences and how much Brad has corrupted your movie experiences. Well, gee, Josh, that is a very fresh and original question I have not heard before in my life in the slightest. Especially not uh, ten minutes ago. <laughs> Especially not then. That'd be ludicrous to assume. I've always been kind of a, a kid of the '80s, uh, as far as like uh, you know, old like gritty movies, action movies, even like '80s comedies, like all that kind of stuff. Like I, I've just always found those to be sort of the movies that really attract me the most. You know, as far as just just really about any genre, I, I think it's, it, it was a great time for uh, for cinema. That's one of those things, like with with me and Brad, like it, it always just like from from the time I met him, it always just clicked. Like we, you know, we we definitely on the same page for most things. Like there there's some movies that we disagree on. You know, I'm a I'm a Postman kind of guy. He's a Waterworld kind of guy. You know, there's some stuff, but uh, but mostly fairly the same. Isn't it funny how those two things can never coexist? Though, I've never known a Waterworld and Postman fan. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like our generation's uh, 
you know, like, well, you have to like either the Rolling Stones or the Beatles. Like, you can't like them both. It just, yeah, those two things just don't go together. By the way, I'm a Waterworld man myself. Oh, I figured you were, Josh. But, but, to be fair, I prefer the three-hour ABC TV cut that makes the movie make far more sense. <laughs> it's like, I like Waterworld, but to be fair, I do like the movie Il Postino. <laughs> Well, if I really want to get people keep calling me a hipster, I've read the original comic book that Waterworld was based off of, Aqua Blue. So there. Whoa, throwing down the cred on that one. Ha. But uh yeah, with uh with with Brad though, like I've definitely uh it, it's definitely expanded my uh list of movies and types of movies I've been exposed to. Like uh, a lot of like like exploitation movies, like I'd seen some, like I'd seen, you know, some stuff like, like just like your your fairly uh, fairly typical stuff, like the easy stuff to find, like coffee and like like random black exploitation type stuff, some of that type of stuff, but a lot of like the like Nazi exploitation, uh, like your SS girls and your Ilsa She Wolf SS and stuff like that, like I never really watch that much and a lot of it i don't know like it wasn't even as far as not uh not wanting to see it like they're definitely great types of movies great genre great movies but uh i i grew up in a very limited uh variety area small little farm town middle of nowhere i mean it was just not a whole lot of options so yeah town of 600 not a whole lot of nazi exploitation movies in the uh the local uh uh video rental place surprising well then let me ask you this are you better off now than you were four years ago when you had not seen E.T. taking cock in the ass? <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I'd like to say that uh, that that has been a traumatic experience in my life. But uh, but no, my, my life is much richer, much fuller. You know, I, I feel like, you know, colors seem more vibrant. Uh, everything just feels more alive now that I've seen E.T. take a dick in about every way possible you are you serious you didn't you didn't have nightmares or anything after that are you kidding me okay <laughs> wet dreams That's one of the most terrifying things i've ever seen wet dreams then also also are you kidding me that was one of the most sexy things i've ever seen <laughs> so would you call brad like a crack dealer for for your exploitation fix that he gives you just a little taste and then you've got to do the midnight screenings to get more Oh, oh, definitely. Yeah, it's like, you know, he he leads John with like, you know, some uh some easy stuff like, oh yeah, come on over, watch like Kiss versus the Phantom of the Park, and you're like, okay, and then the next thing you know, he's sending you to like New Year's Eve in theaters on opening f-ing night at midnight, and I'm like, oh yeah, no, this makes sense. I love where my life went. Okay, so you said you grew up in a town of 600. I'm assuming you had a video store, correct? Uh, we had, uh, let's see, when I was growing up, there was, uh, was one video store, and it wasn't really even technically a video store. It was a, uh, like, corner store that just happened to have a huge wall of VHSs. Rental or sale? Uh, just, just rental. Uh, it pretty much the only way to, to, to buy one is if you broke it. Oh, nice. One thing I'd like to talk to you about, did you ever go on The Hunt you wanted a you wanted a movie. Maybe you saw the commercial for it, or you saw an ad in a magazine, and you sought that some bitch out. You tr- you drove an hour out of your way 
to find some video store that had some movie you really wanted to see, or was that not really part of your experiences? Oh no, no, definitely. Like, like I say, you know, it, there wasn't really anything available like in my town at all. Um, it was the sort of thing like it, the, the closest place that uh, had any sort of uh, like even as far as like just even anything as far as rental even was uh it was about 10 miles away which isn't far in the grand scheme of things but you know when you don't when you're like 10 and don't have a car when you don't have obviously. a car that's that that's the other side of the freaking planet yeah it's like oh man maybe like next weekend when we go over you know go to the next town over i can run into cnm video and get something but yeah i mean uh there were several times that i would go as far as like it was about an hour drive away. Uh, there was uh, away from my hometown was uh, Terre Haute, Indiana. Like the mall over there had good amount of stuff that uh, have a good chance to find something like Suncoast or something like Sam Goody when they were still around, something like that. But there were even some things like uh, I would I would definitely keep an eye out for uh, there towards like the the end of like sort of towards the end of VHS, like back when about senior in high school, when VHS really started kind of slumping because of the whole DVD rise, uh, some video stores just decided to go under like, like look, we'd rather sell out than actually, you know, switch over all of our product to DVD. So I, I was always looking out for stuff like that. So I could find, you know, the weird stuff that they had or, uh, uh just like new releases that I knew it would take forever to find anywhere around where I lived. So uh, that's how I came across a good, uh, good fair uh, portion of stuff uh, was from like local, just family-owned video places going under. Did you ever go on the hunt for something that you knew existed, but for whatever reason you could never find? One that it honestly took me forever, and I, I feel, you know, it, it, I feel like it was one of those things that I should have been able to find sooner, but it, it just for whatever reason I couldn't find anywhere was uh, back in the, uh, back when I was in high school, it, it was one of my favorite movies. And, and even now it's still one of my favorites, but was uh, John Carpenter's uh, in the mouth of madness. And for whatever reason, like that movie was just like no stores anywhere around me sold it like nothing. Like I, I eventually ended up finding that one. I think it was uh, up in the uh, champagne uh, which from my hometown was yeah about an hour away. I just ended up happening to be in like uh, it was like a Goodwill or a, a Salvation Army or something like that, and they randomly had a copy of it on a shelf. And it was one of those like I'd been looking for it for so long. Like I saw it on the shelf. I'm like, oh hey, it's that movie. Whatever. Walked past. I'm like, oh wait, no, I need to get that. So it was like something out of a cartoon. Da 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 da. Wait, what? Yeah, exactly. Like I walked by. Like, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Back the back the hell up. That. I can just walk past this now. Like, I don't care if they charge me $30 for it. Like, oh, we want new value for it. I don't care. I'll buy it. I need this movie. Well, and then what's really funny about you using that movie as the example is that movie's so common today. You can find that in that DVD in any video store in this country. So that just adds a little irony oh, to yeah, your story. It's, it, yeah, it's sort of one of those things now that, like, with, with the with DVDs being so common, and, and like, even, like, like, uh, like those combo packs and all all sorts of things. Like it's it's almost impossible to not find movies now. Like uh, one time before, I I had to uh, I had to special order a copy of Phantasm Two because I couldn't find a single place 
in the world, according to my, you know, 15-year-old self at the time. Well, I, 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 need to, st- I want to interrupt you real quick and just point out to the yep. listeners that this is in the pre-internet era. So the world, when you're ordering, was a much smaller place to be in. Yeah, it was making phone calls to people and uh, and tracking things down that way. I just wanted to put it in context, and, and, yeah, like, I, you know, because of how easy it is to find things today. Because, yeah, I mean, I, I had to special order a copy in, you know, like, say, for the life of me, I couldn't seem to track it down anywhere. But then this uh, this happened to me about two days ago. Uh, my girlfriend and I were at Walmart. We were checking out, and I just happened to glance over, and uh, they had one of those, like, $5 DVD racks like right there next to the register and uh let me let me see here I, I saved the picture because it, it struck me as so f-ing ridiculous is is that is the, that, is, I, is that the was, DVD set with Funhouse Phantasm 2 and something else on it and, and Serpent in the Rainbow yes that's that is it, the yes. one I I bought that too like I saw that sitting there and I'm like are you kidding me it took me like forever to track that movie down when I was a kid because I loved that I, I, I'm sorry how can you watch a movie with a quad barrel shotgun and not say to yourself I have to own this as far as I'm concerned as far as the Phantasm series goes I, I really think that that was the, about the best one it, and yeah now like say like it, it was impossible to find when I'm a kid now it's five dollars with three other movies they're giving it away you, they they just they can't even figure out a way to sell it. They're just like, ah, here, take it. We don't care. Well, do you want to add some more irony to that? Have you seen the uh, four movie John Carpenter set they have for five bucks? It's got In the Mouth of Madness on it, as long, along with They Live thing, and I think Prince of Darkness. It, it, it's just the universe screwing with you, Brian. That's what it is. I, I am thoroughly convinced of that. Also, I, I'm glad I didn't see that one because I probably would have just raised that stack of videos to the ground you know just i don't think my rage could have contained myself (laughs) well see the reason i brought this up i'm going to bring in another participant in a moment because he's the one that suggested this topic and brian you are going to want to seek out the movie he talks to us about because in today's culture everything is always totally available i mean right now my son does not know what you and i were just talking about to him you want a movie it's a google search away whether it's Netflix, whether it's a torrent, whether it's a bootleg from some shady guy that'll ship it to you tomorrow, they don't ever have to know tracking this shit down. All right, and then I just brought in our friend Alex Jowski from Geek Juice Media. Alex, can you tell Brian and I in the audience about Blood Circus? Okay, Blood Circus. Santo Gold, guy from the 80s, made an infomercial where he was selling his product, Santo Gold, which was fake gold. Used the money from that to finance a movie for $2 million called Blood Circus. So his infomercials were a combination of selling gold and selling this movie called Blood Circus, in addition to selling his CD of him singing songs about gold. And this movie Blood Circus, he independently distributed it, meaning he rented a couple theaters in Baltimore to show it. And it's apparently like one of the worst movies ever made. He's the only one that holds the prints to the movie, and he keeps trying to auction them off on eBay for ludicrous amounts of, like, $1 million. Blood Circus. This movie, we can't find a print of it. I want our listeners to actually try and find us a print so they know what's actually searching for one of these movies is like. Would you not agree? I, I think that is a uh, a fantastic thing, because, one, 
I've never heard of this movie at all. And two, that sounds amazing. Oh, no, no. It, Brian, wait. Alex, give us the plot of Blood Circus. The plot of Blood Circus is about aliens come down to Earth and they attack wrestlers. And the U.S. and Russia are having a major wrestling bout against the aliens. And the aliens eat whatever wrestlers they kill. And they throw the body parts out into the ring. And people catch them. Now, Brian, I don't know about you, but I'm a little hard after hearing that. How about you? I, uh, yeah, I, I've i got a, a bit of a rager going on over here. I'm glad this isn't a video chat because it would be awkward. So, yeah, I want to find this. And get this, Santo Gold actually went, he got arrested for, uh, I think, fraud. What, wasn't it, Alex, fraud? He got, he got arrested for mail fraud for selling... The mail fraud he got arrested for is he's selling bricks from some millionaire's house for $50 a piece. So they arrested him for fraud. And at his trial, he screened Blood Circus because he went for an insanity plea and he screened Blood Circus to try and prove that he was not sane. That just makes me want to see the movie even more. Yeah, the, the, this thing seems to have an amazing pedigree. Like it, it came from such craziness that... I don't care how bad it's reported to be. I want to see this. And I think this this makes a Cinema Snob episode look like nothing if Brad can get a print of this thing. And it's one of those things, though, is like, honestly, like the stuff that I've seen him manage to find, manage to uh, come up with, I mean, he's done stuff that I I thought was only reported to exist in myth. So I I think that, well, like, uh, oh, Oh, what was the one? Uh, that Ron Jeremy one. Uh, Super Horneo Brothers. The sort of thing like no one could ever find pictures of. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, my friend saw it, but no one could ever say that they saw it. And then this jackass comes over to my house one night like, oh, hey, you want to watch this? I'm like, what the? How did you get this? But Blood Circus, I've read comments from people who have seen it, the the, the very few, and – it is just a mess of bad wrestling, people screaming, some guy singing about gold chains that you can buy at his stores, and apparently the closing credits are just a crying baby, his credits roll, and it just keeps saying, Jesus loves me, Jesus loves me. You know, Alex, everything you're saying, you're just making us want to find this even more. This is going to be the new Holy Grail, and I, I'm putting out a challenge to to our listeners, Alex and Brian and myself are putting out a challenge. You will track down a copy of Blood Circus and send it to us so we can all screen it, review it, and then Brad can do a snob on it. Yeah, Santo Gold's publicity for the movie at the time says, it is okay to be- bring crying babies to this theater because no one's going to notice them. <laughs> oh, that is the best thing I have ever heard in my life. That's kind of creepy on a certain level, too, though. I mean, isn't that kind of encouraging parent neglect only slightly (laughs) (laughs) like like what we were talking about phantasm and in the mouth of madness were you know relatively common if you lived outside of the sticks where you lived brian but (laughs) probably (laughs) (laughs) i had no problem i've I've owned phantasm too since it first came on vhs i bought it at a walmart josh i hate you i want to point that out 
I've got Phantasm 2 on a DVD with like three other movies that I picked up for $5 at Walmart. We've already talked about that. You, you, you missed that part. If, if if Brian had seen the one, the John Carpenter one within the mouth of madness, he would have uh, set the store on fire, and we would have been reading about him on the news. Well, Brian, you know what I'm going to do? I have actually three VHSs of Phantasm Two. I'm going to send one to you just to see what your reaction is going to be. Uh, elation and then uh, rage. That why do you have three? Well, because I bought one, the first one, the, the original one that I bought, I actually wore the tape out. So I bought another one years later, and the box was all beat up. So then I found another one where the box was all nice, but the tape was screwed up. So I took the good tape from the second one and put it in the good box from the third one. So basically, I was making a Frankenstein Phantasm two, you know, perfect box there. I I have to respect that. <laughs> I've done that multiple times where, you know, I'll find a copy of a VHS, it's all beat to crap, and then I find a better copy later, and I, I, I've i done that where I've mixed and maxed the, matched the boxes, because like, I've done that with scanners. I have an old, you know one of those uh, heavy 80s tapes that actually feel like you're picking a, a cinder block up? They weigh so much. Oh, yeah. I've got oh, yeah. one of I've got one of those with scanners, but the box, that, that original release box is ugly as sin. But then the re-release they did in the 90s, which was a crappy, light-as-hell tape that probably would blow away in the wind, had a great box. So I took the good, heavy tape and put it in the nice, neat box. I, I, I find that my common sense lacks most of the time, and that is an idea I've never actually thought to do. <laughs> to, to mix and match the, the, the better copy of the tape with the cooler box art? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just just never crossed my mind. I, I, I guess I would say, call. Oh, I was going to say. I guess I'd call myself a true collector. I want it to look good on the shelf as well as when it's in the VCR. I was going to say though, didn't you ever hate getting those tapes that the only way you could find this movie was on a copy that was recorded in SLP or EP? Oh, I hate, especially nowadays. I I never seem to notice the tracking issues back then. Maybe I, it would be all right if I put it in an older VCR. Nowadays, you put an EP tape in a modern VCR, I guarantee you, it will not track. And it wears the tape out so fast. I would loan my friend like an EP copy, and I'd say, you can watch it, but you can't pause it. It's going to wear it out. Pretty much. I've never, Okay, why, why? Maybe, Brian, you know. Why did they stop making LP? LP was a perfect... You got more. You got more on the tape for less... But it tracked better, and it looked so much better than SLP. Do they? But they oh. then, after a while, they stopped even putting that record option on VCRs. Even into the late 90s, they didn't even have LP for an option anymore. Oh, well, that's easy. I mean, if it looked better and, and recorded better, obviously we, we don't need that on there. I mean, what, are you crazy? <laughs> yeah, apparently. Yeah, I, I, still, uh, I still have... Uh, an old uh, an old Philips VCR I bought back in like '95 that it has uh, all three record options to it, and then an, an even older Emerson that I, I don't even know. It's probably about as old as I am. I, I used it to replace my old Quasar. Well, do you guys remember the really old VCRs? The only one I still have like this is my original Beta, the ones that they had all the different 
you know, hue and skin tone options where it came with that little tiny plastic screwdriver that you had to turn the little bits in. Yeah, and oh, if you it, lost that screwdriver, everybody would just scream for the rest of time. Yes. Yeah, that, that that's the way that old Quasar I had was. Yeah, it had that little, like, flip-down panel with, like, 50 knobs it did, just whatever. Uh, I, I that, that VCR caused me endless amounts of problems. But I'm sure <laughs> but endless hours it. of entertainment as well, correct? Oh, yeah. Plus, it was it was bitching. It was huge and silver, and the buttons were the size of, like, wallets. I mean, it was ridiculous looking, but I loved that thing. Oh, I, no, I liked the, the, the fun with it because I would turn the color all the way down. Then when my parents would watch a movie, it would be default being black and white, and they'd be, this is the longest flashback this movie opens with. <laughs> yeah, <'cause> back, <laughs> back then, flashbacks were always black and white, weren't they? Something else. I was just watching... The Best of the Best 2 I found on VHS, and that's from 1992. You remember that era of direct-to-video when that was an actual viable format? A direct-to-video movie could still have a 5 to $7 million budget, could still have name stars, and actual production value, unlike the direct-to-video market today? Technically, the Asylum puts named stars in them. They're not... They're not the names now. They once were. Well, yeah, yeah, because it seems like, yeah, like nowadays, you know, direct to video. I mean, that's that, that's a dirty word. I mean, that's that's offensive to uh, to movies now. Like, oh, yeah, that. Oh, it's just, yeah, it's direct to video. Psh, don't pay attention to that. Which, yeah, I agree. Like, yeah, back in the day, it was, you know, someone would come out direct to video. And, but I mean, it was the time, too. It was like you would go to the store. You would look these out. You, you would rent them, kind of like we were talking about. Like You would find these movies like, oh, there's a sequel to that? Oh, I have to find it. And and now it's just like nobody cares. It's like, well, how many sequels are there now to uh, like Anaconda? And how terrible do they Four keep getting? Four or five, maybe? Yeah, and there's more Lake Placids. Right. Yeah, unless I saw that, there was like three of them. There's probably more now. Well, like like the best of the best threw me. I knew about the first three. I did not know there was a five and a, or a four and a five. There might even be a six best of the best movie for all I know. I didn't know they kept making these things. They they just keep releasing stuff like that under the radar. Like unless you're looking for it, you, you don't even notice it. Like uh, I think it was at one of the last horror cons uh, Brad and I were at that uh, I I actually kind of paid attention. I'm like. Oh, like the Return of the Living Dead series. They're up to like seven or something like five. That. They, they, like, they only have five officials. Oh, or yeah, look, see, the, I did the, the Howling. Oh, Howling. Yes, they had. They didn't number the last one, but the last one was seven. Yeah, unless you count this new one that's a reboot, sequel, kind of, sort of, maybe eighth film. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> it, it's Twilight for werewolves. <laughs> Which is what we needed, because Twilight didn't have enough of that. Surprisingly, it's a little less gay. It's actually a little straighter than Twilight. Which is kind of sad in a weird way. I almost did a spit take here where I'm sitting right now. <laughs> Why? <laughs> just, just the comment of, like, you know, surprisingly, it is less gay. <laughs> Twilight's one well, of the gayest things I've ever seen, and I've seen hardcore gay porn. And that that, is, that was still less gay than Twilight. There is that lesbian vampire movie that just came out. Oh, the Moth, Moth Diaries. Diaries. That looks awful. I'm like, this is just like Twilight, only in this one the vampires like vaginas. 
That's because they're lesbians. Do you know how many witchcraft movies there are? I mean, the actual witchcraft franchise? Oh, Lord. Uh, I bet you haven't thought about that franchise in a while, have you? You know, it's been a while. Uh, I know... I know when I was in like junior high or high school, there were uh, I, I want to say like six or seven of them. I think they're up to eleven uh, now. Thirteen. You're both wrong. Are you kidding me? No, and I've got like one through ten on VHS, and then after that, it was the DVD era. So the last couple have not even appeared on VHS at all. They're direct to DVD. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The the last one I saw, like I said, it was six or seven. It was still definitely on VHS. 13? And I've heard rumors that they're making another two. They're going to do one of those back-to-back shootings. They're making two more. There are more witchcraft movies than Star Trek movies? Yeah. It's creepy. There are more witchcraft movies than there are Children of the Corn movies. You you want to talk about another direct-to-video series? Although and they just came out with a new one that Dimension Extreme put right. out. I might and be wrong. I used to have respect for Dimension Extreme because they happened to distributed some movies that I enjoyed. Well, maybe you guys can correct me. Was Children of the Corn 2 a theatrical or was that a DTV? That was theatrical. Because I, I don't remember that one ever even seeing TV spots for Children of the Corn 2. I saw TV spots for it back then. Maybe one or two. It got really limited release. Ah, uh, okay. And I was like eight, so I wasn't particularly enthused for it. So, Brian, are you a VHS collector like Brad and I are, or just kind of an aficionado? It, it depends. Like, uh, if it's a certain movie, uh, I, I definitely I, I will go out of my way to find it on VHS. Like, I I appreciate VHS to the nth degree, but, but yeah, usually it's only ones that I, I especially am looking for that uh, that I actually go out of my way to own. Because I got to say, the Children of the Corn movies, and I've said this before, but they really bug me on VHS. The last one only came out on DVD, so there's no way I can have all of them on VHS. Well, you could just make your own with a blank tape. It's not the same, Jowski. <laughs> Get some cardstock and <laughs> a color cheating. printer and make your own box. Yeah, that would be <laughs> cheating. Mixing and matching is still not cheating with what I was doing before. That would be cheating. Okay, have either of you guys seen any of the Angel movies? Yes. In fact, I've got one on VHS. I'm drawing a blank on that, yeah. The, the fir- Honor Student by Day, Hooker by Night. Yeah, the first two are in Los Angeles, and the third one's in New York. E- wow, no, no, I don't think I've seen these. Well, okay. Or if I have, I really don't remember. I had no clue that there was a fourth film. One, two, and three were all made by Corman's company. And the third one was called Angel 3, The Final Chapter. And they closed the story off. Then six oh, years... have seen that before. Well, yeah. And then six years later, an, a, a Angel 4 comes out, and it's like, what? No, no, the third one, it's over. It, no, there's no fourth Angel movie. And they don't even acknowledge that one. They put out a box set called The Angel, Angel The Complete Collection, and it's only the first three movies. So even they don't count that horrible fourth one as a real angel movie. It, it just it comes back to that whole direct TV or direct to video thing. Go through the video store back then, and you'd see all these sequels that you're like, "Wow, I didn't know that had a sequel." And there's another one of those, and these were still real movies at this point, weren't they? 
Demonic Toys. I loved that movie. And then there was Dollman vs. Demonic Toys, which blew my mind. That, oh my god, they made a sequel to this. It gets even worse. Dollman vs. Demonic Toys is the only film I can think of that is actually a sequel to three other movies. Yes, and it's the only sequel to those three movies, except for very recently they came out with the Demonic Toys 2. Because have you seen those, Brian, the Dollman or Demonic Toys movies? It was one of those things, like, I always saw there in in the aisle, like, movie gallery, but it was always one of those that I walked past, because I'm like, that, I don't know, it, just, it never caught my eye that much. I'm like, I remember the, the, the covers for them vividly, but yeah, I, I just never thought to myself, like, I could spend a dollar fifty on that. Because Dollman vs. Demonic Toys is a sequel to Dollman, it's a sequel to Demonic Toys, and it's a sequel to an, another unrelated film called Bad Channels. Can you think of any other film that's a sequel as one movie to three other separate prior to that unconnected films? <laughs> yeah, I'm drawing a total blank on that. Like, I, I don't even think that exists, <laughs> another one like that. Charles Band came up with something interesting with that one then. But he never did anything like that again. If he, if he kept doing that, if he made all the full moon movies in the same universe and crossed over, it would have been interesting. Oh, I would love to see a subspecies Trancers crossover. A Trancers Puppet Master crossover. With, with, with Radu. <laughs> well, well, didn't they do a, a crossover with the, uh, the, the Puppet Master ones that had the demonic toys in it? Yes, yes and no. It was done, but not by Full Moon. Paramount owned the rights to the characters, so they had some other company make it. So technically, Puppet Master vs. Demonic Toys is a non-canonized, unofficial sequel to both of those franchises. Yeah, because Full Moon's always known for their high level of continuity. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Direct-to-video used to be a real... I mean, they could compete... Do you guys remember the sales numbers of some of these direct-to-video movies? They'd be rivaling what lower-budget theatrical releases would get. These things made money back then. Now the market's gone. It just is gone. Well, that's why the shot on video market was so huge in the 80s, because they were seeing all the numbers for direct-to-video, and people were like, well, I can do that too. They saw the numbers and they wanted to do get in on that action. What is the worst movie you've ever rented based on the cover art alone? Based solely on the cover art. D- um, just something that you walked by and went, oh my god, this looks awesome, and then 20 minutes in, you wanted to just turn that bitch off. Uh, oh god, what, what the hell was that one called? Uh, the Ugly. It, uh, it, it was some movie like... Um, I, I think it was vaguely foreign, I, from what I remember. I, I watched it once back in, like, I don't know, like, 98, 99, something like that. Would that be, uh, a, they had it would that be a blockbuster? Tri- in. Would that be a Trimark video? It has, like, a white background with a reddish cover? Yeah, kind of like a blood splatter on I, the front of it, yeah. I just bought that on VHS yesterday. <laughs> I'm not joking. I literally just bought that. I haven't even taken the 99 cent sticker off of it yet. Oh, 99 cents is what they're selling for now. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it's terrible. I, I remember like watching that one and the whole time. I'm just sitting there looking at the screen, just like, just enraged with myself. Like, why did I just give Blockbuster like 
250. Why did I pay to have this in my home watching this? Like it was just it, it was just a miserable experience. I, I felt it was a terrible movie just just to the core. Like I, I just did not enjoy watching that movie in the slightest. What about you, Alex? What would be your pick for the worst movie that the cover art snowed you on? At the time, because I was 11, would have been Women's Prison Massacre. Because I got hyped for that movie when I saw the cover art at 11 and hated it then, although I love the movie now. I remember hope, having high hopes for Nail Gun Massacre when I rented that back then. Ooh, that's a nasty word in Brad's house. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Nail Gun Massacre doesn't sit well for him. And see, I, I'm having trouble coming up with my own because that happens so often. I'm having trouble narrowing down what I think my worst would be. Actually, no, I know what the worst for me would be now. Mondo violence. I, I Okay, I, I think one of mine would be Slashed Dreams. You guys ever see the VHS cover for Slashed Dreams? Slashed it's not Dreams? Ringing a bell. Uh, it, it's, it, it's got a really young Robert Englund. He in a basically that thankless role. He doesn't have a big part, so of course he's top billed in the thing at, since it was released after Nightmare on Elm Street got huge. It's got a be- the VHS had a gorgeous, fully painted cover. This is probably yeah, I, the most this is probably the most boring slasher film I've ever sat through in my life. I happen to pull up the cover just now. It looks It's amazing. gorgeous, isn't it? Yes. And it's absolutely horrendous. And I mean this film is just boring. It's the most boring slasher film I've ever seen. So I think that one's gonna be near the top of my list. Slash dreams. I would put Mondo Violence definitely at the top of my list because, again, I was like 13. I didn't know what a Mondo So you didn't know what Mondo was? Yeah, with people eating snakes and having uh, razor blades nailed through their teeth. and Yeah, totally nice. Not it... in Mondo Violence. Mondo Violence was just animals. Oh, sorry. I, I'm, thinking of, <laughs> I'm thinking of Africa blood and guts. Yes, similar. Mondo Violence it was just penguins singing and then sea lions humping, and then monkeys, and it was just animals. Did that ever happen to you, Brian, where you, you rented a, a Mondo film without realizing it based on the cover art? Uh, see, yeah, and, that, and that was the thing, like, uh, again, like, based on, like, the limited selection of what I had available to me, I, I don't know that I ever ran across a Mondo movie uh, really in, until I met Brad. Uh, it was just a, a genre that was completely just unknown to me. All right, then. Then let me ask this: Did that store you had you had did it have adult? Uh, it it did not like uh, at all. Like I, I don't think a, a single one of the video stores. Uh, well, it definitely like like the little store in my town or, or the the ones that were actually in the next town over. Like they were all. Uh, just kind of like uh, like some of your your franchises you had back then, like like movie gallery, CNM video, Blockbuster, stuff like that. Like uh, I, I remember when when Family Video first opened up a store in my t- people found out that like they call it Family Video and they have an adult. Student. People were like throwing bricks through the windows. I mean, it was are you serious? Bordering on a riot. Are you serious? I I honestly wish I were joking, but yes, that is where I'm from. Uh, I, I'm. That, uh, bear in mind, though, uh, this is a town, uh, Effingham, Illinois. This is uh, this is a town that houses like the largest cross in the world. 
So, so yeah, they they got a little offended when a a place called Family Video had something for you know the whole family, even that creepy uncle or that you know that cousin you don't want to talk about. Well, then let me then let me ask you this: if if you're willing to impart this information on the air, how old were how old were you when you saw your first hardcore scene? Since you didn't have the luxury like Brad and every I and everybody else did of uh, stealing the, because what we used to do was you'd reach into that section, you wouldn't see what you'd got, get, you'd just take the tape and you'd put it in a box for like a Mel Brooks movie and you'd rent it like that, or at least maybe that's just me. <laughs> I see my video store. You just brought up the box and they gave you the tape. We couldn't do that. Oh well. Well, so what? What? How old were you when you saw your first hardcore VHS? Um, honestly, with that, still fairly young, uh, because, uh, luck would have it that one of my, uh, one of my good friends growing up, Mike, uh, his dad was, uh, I think he'd been subscribed to, like, Playboy since, I don't know, they started, so his house was just full of pornography, constantly, so, I mean, it was just like, like you'd turn on the VCR and like the living room's like, whoa, okay, that's, wow, that's so that's what Johnny Wad looks like. Okay, you you get that, buddy. You go to town. <laughs> and it's probably right right at one of the money shots too. <laughs> as soon as you turn it on, what's he doing? Why is he milking her? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. So yeah. So it, it was one of those things. Like yeah, growing up, it was like, you know, it, it was always like, like man. Uh, hey, mom. Uh, can I stay over at Mike's house tonight? You know, no reason. It's whatever. <laughs> See, we always had the when it, not not adult, but do you guys remember when just buying a VHS if it was a rental only tape, they'd be like ninety dollars brand new, and you know you know if you you'd go buy Top Gun at at Kmart and it'd be thirty bucks, but if you wanted to buy Shocker. It'd be ninety bucks because that was not a for sale tape. No, you got to remember how a fifteen-year-old kid's brain works. Transformers the movie was like that. The real Transformers movie, the only one that exists to me, was in nineteen eighty-six. I I remember that. Yeah. Well, that one that was a, a rental only. You could not buy that for under ninety bucks. So I rented it almost every weekend to watch it, and then after a while, you realize. You know, it would have just been cheaper to pay the ninety bucks, and then not have to keep returning the damn thing. But your brain doesn't work like that when you're at fifteen, you know. No, the oh, local no. video store I went to, like I would rent a lot of the same horror movie over and over again, like Silent Night, Deadly Night Two. I would rent that all the time, and I would get two movies for the price of one. <laughs> yeah, but I became I was friendly with the Vietnamese couple that ran it, and. The way they would get rid of get shelf space, they'd be, "Oh, you rent this every weekend. You just keep it now." That's awesome. <laughs> I kind of wish I had some Vietnamese couple helping me out when I was a kid. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I ended up with like all kinds of seventies and eighties horror films. I got pieces that way. If I if I rent this movie like five six times in a row, they'll give it to me. <laughs> what, about you, what about you, Brian? I'm sorry, I'm still trying to get over Alex scamming this Vietnamese couple. <laughs> well, he's not scamming them if they offer it. And it was only movies that nobody else would rent. 
So to them, the duds. Yeah. So, so Brian, what would your experience like that be? <laughs> oh, wow. Um, you can't even yeah, compare, I, can you? I, I, I don't even know if I have anything in that same ballpark. <laughs> like, I think I bought, like, I think I got, like, Fight Club from Video Alley when it closed. Uh, it, when it closed its doors, and I don't think it was available on like for sale for like a couple more months after that. Because I remember looking for that one hardcore when it first came out, and I couldn't find it anywhere. Yeah, see, I remember I broke down and bought the Fight Club VHS as well. Because for our younger listeners, again, Fight Club came out on VHS four months before it was available on DVD. So you have to remember that's the early years of of DVD the VHS would hit the shelves first. And for a movie like Fight Club, I'm not waiting four months to watch that at home. Oh, yeah. yeah. By, by the time that thing came out on DVD, I had, like, whole scenes memorized from watching it a few few too many times, possibly. Right. So, yeah, we bought the VHS, even though the DVD was in catalogs already. Well, cause I, I yeah, thought... you go ahead and pre-order. Uh, I'll, I'll just go ahead and watch it at home. Well, my <laughs> wife was going through an old box, and she found... Do you guys remember Pomida, the stores? Uh, I don't think I've heard something of else somewhere. Uh, it was basically like like a lower budget Kmart, and my mom used to work at one. Well, my wife found an old Pomida flyer from Christmas 1989. We're looking at the movies. You can now own Batman on videotape, forty nine ninety five. Oh my lord! And that was cheap too. That was, oh well, was my god, it's it. only 50 bucks? Well, for something like Batman back then, yes, it was. And it was funny. Yeah, you, you saved up for that in 89, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, oh my god, Batman's coming to video. How big that movie was when it came out. You could not escape Batmania back then. Well, I remember oh, uh, the way I bought a lot of, the way I would buy any new VHS is because video stores, they would stock like a hundred copies of a brand new movie and then they would resell those when the movie was no longer relevant which they'd have which that, you gotta um, think is not really a sustainable business model no it, it keeps them afloat this was has dvd was starting to take over video this is before netflix and hollywood and blockbuster they still do this to an extent i see all my hollywood videos went bye-bye all the Hollywood videos. So did ours. It's just Blockbuster now. We have one brick and mortar Blockbuster. What do you guys have in Springfield? Uh, I know all the uh, the there were uh, t- I think two Hollywoods that closed about a year ago, and I know there was a Blockbuster somewhere here in town. That's I think it's like a KFC now. Uh, I think all that's really left here is Family Video. But to be fair, I think the uh, the family that owns Family Video actually it, like they're central base like where they started was here in Springfield so I think that's the only real reason those are here but yeah there, there's honestly a family video of like every couple of blocks like from where my apartment is if I go five blocks either to the north or to the south I run into one <laughs> yeah we have a family video as well so alright so we got to know Brian a little bit Alex who's been uh, on my ass to get him back on the show since he got a real microphone again. I figured it was a perfect opportunity to have him tell us about Santo Gold and Blood Circus. Where can we find Alex Jowski? www.geekjuicemedia.com Where can we find Brian Lewis? Oh, you can find me over at uh, 
the uh, cinemasnob.com. That's it? Well, that's pretty much about it. I mean, you know, I, I linger other places, but yeah, that's where you can find me. All right. You can find me at 1201beyond.com and contact me at 1201beyond at gmail.com. And I want to say thank you to Brian and thank you to Alex, especially because, Alex, you were kind of a last minute. I just, when Brian and I, you and I were talking, I'm just kind of like, you know what? I want to talk about Blood Circus, but I don't know enough about it. And I saw Alex was on, so I'm just like typing to him, hang on, I'm about to bring you in. And considering <laughs> I gave you this topic... I told you that. I, I admitted I was stealing it from you. I admitted right in there, I'm stealing your topic. And besides, when you gave it to me, you said, hey, this would be an interesting Radiodrome topic. So you yes. kind of encouraged me to steal it, you ass. On that note, say good night. Good night. Good night. In the reality of 17th century Scotland, this was an entirely logical and rational thing to do, to torture and burn a witch in order to save the soul. For them, for the man's mercy. For them, for the man's mercy.